Coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss, does Squirrel Waffle ring a proxy shell? Next up, CSRB ahead of the game. And of course, our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 111, recorded on February 17th, 2022. I'm your co-host, Kelsey. Let's pontificate LaBelle. With me, co-host Tim, CSRB right with you, Helming. And last, but not least, Taylor, typo squad of Tyler, Wilkes Pierce. Welcome, 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 welcome. I'm sure you know hello, hello. Tyler. Never, not once. <laughs> There's some weird thing where you can, you're having an identity crisis with most most people you chat with on the phone. There's un- suddenly a unfairness here. I'm certainly of it because I just I have this weird feeling that Taylor Swift doesn't get called Tyler Swift very much. There's no <laughs> probably not very world. often. <laughs> None. On the oh, other hand, Tyler there are probably Swift. fellows out there named Tyler Smith, Tyler Swift, who. Uh, Wish they weren't named that oh. these days, you know. Or or, or do well, that's possible. Yeah, that'd be a great. I mean, it's a great nickname <laughs> if you choose it. But you know, if you're like in fourth grade and yeah. everybody's calling you Taylor Swift, you probably don't want that. I would have prepared a list of song titles Seriously, to use in but- my defense and just. Educate some people because kids are really open to that well, kind of stuff. Well, you you should have an educational program, <laughs> Kelsey, where you teach techniques like that for our nation's youth because we could use the help. It's for the youth. The techniques I did not have the confidence to use myself, <laughs> yeah. but here they are you for can you. Make them work. Together we will hear trauma. Yeah, <laughs> let me save you some pain. <laughs> oh gosh. Well. Folks, our first article today goes back to uh, a malware that we've talked about before in this podcast. Um, and the title is, Does Square Waffle Ring a Proxy Shell? And so the SOFO's rapid response team recently investigated an incident involving a well-known malware, known, not so surprisingly, as Square Waffle. So Taylor, our, um, our favorite breakfast is back on the table for back discussion. The, yep. Waffles what back I, on the menu, everybody. Yeah. Get your squirrel waffle. Get your squirrel waffle. Wow, bacon. that sounds horrifying. So what do our listeners... I mean, because, you know, you think about chicken really and waffles, does. and this is just just really bad. Maybe it's squirrel meat in the shape of a waffle. Does no, that make it better? I prefer to think it's waffles, waffles for the squirrels. The squirrel. I prefer to think it's waffles oh, for the squirrels. It's a lot cleaner for me that adorable way. Adorable waffles. Boy, waffles. Yep. I'm so glad you said that, yep. Tyler. Yeah. Sure, the Keebler elves are just cooking up the waffles for the squirrels in the tree there. And and that's just how we're going to go with this. It has nothing to do with squirrel meat. They're just chirping, let go my ego. That's (laughs) that's what they're trying to say. They're like, man, all I got are these nuts. Where's my (laughs) waffles at? Okay, that's the cutest potential version here. Um, Yeah, that's what we're going to go with. That's my my canon explanation for the squirrel waffle name. I like Um, it. Yeah, this was a fun story from the the, uh, the Sophos research team, uh, the rapid response team in conjunction with some folks in the research team, uh, talking about 
uh, a recent incident they were pulled into where squirrel waffle <laughs> was used in conjunction with proxy logon and proxy shell on an exchange server. Uh, and then, you know, they used that server to, to distribute a bunch of squirrel waffle internal and external <laughs> uh, with malicious replies and email threats. Ah, uh, yes. Um, and did, is there anything that our listeners should know about squirrel waffle in general, just historically speaking? Yeah, so we covered this a few months back uh, when it was new on the scene and there was some thinking like, hey, this is like the new Emotet. And then like literally within 24 hours of us recording the podcast and before it was published, Emotet itself came back. And so we stopped calling it that. Uh, but, you know, a bit of a new piece of like kind of uh, loader malware um, for getting Cobalt uh, Strike onto a, uh, a victim endpoint, basically. Um, but, you know, looked like there was some nice pickup in it, um, you know, towards the end of last year, it was getting used a little more. Um, and so that was kind of, hey, maybe this, maybe the Emotet folks are using this now, uh, is where we left off with that. And then the Sophos team uh, has been battling it recently and then wanted to bring up some new uh behavior and activity around it uh in this report mm. yes indeed and the this particular team pointed out um what did they just they called it a twist so it's yes. a um it's a tiny squirrel waffle with a tiny tiny slice of lime on it just imagine that squirrel <laughs> waffle with a twist so what what's different from a typical squirrel waffle attack <laughs> gosh that sounds intimidating yeah. So, uh, you know, initially it was being used to distribute spam, uh, you know, very em emo teddy. Uh, and that was all well and good. But what they, they started noticing was that uh, in the post remediation that uh, the adversaries had used some of the uh, intelligence they gleaned from email chat, email threats uh, to uh, also move off in a, in a kind of a BEC or business email compromise phishing fraud direction. So, uh, you know, even post remediation, this was still kind of going on, right? So you've gotten rid of your squirrel waffles, you've gotten all the squirrel waffles, really you've gotten, you know, the cobalt strike beacons out of your network, but these folks still had the intel from the email chains. And in fact, they uh, registered a typo squat domain, which for us here at Domain Tools, that's that's like our catnip, right? Like we, um, you know, we, we see typo squat domain and we, we, we immediately, the gears start turning for us, but they registered typo squat domain and then very deftly uh, continued an email thread with the typo squat domain. Uh, so the, the typo squat domain was on the third party, right? So, hey, I'm a first party that had been infected with squirrel waffle and a bunch of cobalt strike stuff. Uh, but then, you know, someone uh, observed the email thread, grabbed the typo squat domain, uh, impersonating the third party, and then tried to redirect some payment information. So, hey, a payment was about to go through and just your typical, hey, we we just changed uh, accounts or routing numbers. You should just, you know, send us the money over here instead. Uh, and it was very, you know, it was clever because not only did they, they register a typo squat domain, but when they kind of seamlessly shifted that thread onto the typo squat domain's email servers, they also had like the same names of folks. Uh, other email inboxes were CC'd on the, the thread. So every, you know, there was a lot of continuity there. Uh, for the victims. And so it's very difficult um, for them to ascertain that, that they had been duped. Yeah. And what does that 
that end result look like when they've been duped? What's sort of the, the major consequence, if you will, for, for the victims there? Yeah. So in this case, uh, in this case, like, again, there was a late stage financial tra- transaction that was about to occur. And so they they leveraged this time, uh, kind of sensitive time to say, hey, again, you know, we've got a, a new account number for it. Why don't you swap out the routing for it? And they just kept bugging these poor people over and over again, like, hey, we got to swap it over. And, and, you know, just like lots of pretexting, like, hey, we'll wait for you. And, you know, hey, you know, we are really, really you know, super important. We need to get this changed over, you know, lots of social engineering. And this is uh, something where it did not get caught by the victims. It got caught by a financial institution. Um, So this transaction was all set to go through when the financial institution said, wait a tick, like this, uh, this doesn't doesn't seem quite right. And they froze the transaction there. Uh, So there's your maybe your last line of defense in the BEC fishing campaign is your your bank. (laughs) Ooh. Okay. Well, that's not great. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, it, again, it's a really clever um, kind of spin on this, right? Because we're, you know, we're used to seeing this initial stage stuff, you know, lead directly into ransomware or directly into kind of a larger malware campaign. It kind of looks like they were trying to do that, but ultimately their fastest way to any type of, of, of monetary comp- recomp- compensation for their uh, efforts was was the uh, the typo squad of domain and uh, kind of BEC fraud that they were trying to perpetrate there. Oh, geez. I, I'd like to put out to the InfoSec community, I'd like for us to talk about... Um, when these changes happen, whether it's like malware or any other family of things, and they've been shifted, I'd like for them to be known as like DJ Squirrel Waffle mm-hmm. or, you know, Squirrel Waffle Remix. I think <laughs> um, that would make the world a little better. Um, Taylor, something that was described in uh, the Sophos team blog was this this concept of email thread hijacking and just while mm-hmm. we're talking about this um, in the context of a real life scenario, can you just describe to our audience what that is exactly? Yeah. So again, for the folks in this organization, they were participating in an email thread with a third party uh, and, and you know, the, that whole email, because the exchange server uh, was compromised, the kind of contents of that thread were opened up for the adversary. And so they were able to kind of track and probably track a lot of different threads in their time on the exchange server. But saw so this one was kind of nearing a, um, a, a finish for the, the finance side of things and kind of went for it there. Uh, and then so essentially these folks, you know, they ha- had one email thread going with the actual kind of third party, and then that was just shifted over to the typo squat domain, right? So it was just replied to from the typo squat domain and not the original uh, kind of third party domain they were working with. And so once that shift happened and it went by unnoticed, right? So y- your your first opportunity is when you get that first kind of hijacked email thread, and it's going to look a lot like your old email thread, but the domain names on the email addresses are going to be very slightly different. Uh, you know, if you don't notice that then, and you just go right into, hey, I'm busy, I got to reply to this right now, then all of a sudden, you know, not only are you hoodwinked, but you know, the, you're giving a credence to the other folks internally that are also on that thread. If they see you reply, they're probably not going to check quite as hard. Uh, you know, again, there'd be no real 
like reason for them because they can scroll down, they can see the old thread, <laughs> see everything is there. Uh, but it's just, you know, been the email sender domain on the third party had just been swapped out to that typo squad domain, which is really tricky from a brand protection standpoint. You know, the ground that folks have to cover on the defender side, you know, you think like, hey, it's enough for me to try and track down my own domains as they get imitated out in the wild. But, you know, there's a, a lot of and we've covered this time and time again, but there's a, a, a lot of ground to cover uh, when it comes to the vendor and third party space where like that whole, you know, I hate your supply chain isn't it's kind of in there. It's adjacent to it, right? Uh, where that entire kind of vendor supply chain becomes kind of ripe for uh, imitation and fraud. And a lot of those are on the tail end where, you know, they their domains, they may not be particularly busy. They may not get spoofs registered a whole heck of a lot against them. So, you know, again, it's just one of those tricky things where um, if if someone, you know, your weakest link in your vendor supply chain in terms of their own brand protection can bite you. Yeah. And what, what suggestions do you have to organizations to try to prevent these types of attacks, especially just given um, what you're mentioning about how broad that, that surface area is that you need to yeah. cover? Yeah. I, you know, the, there's a, they had a few suggestions, a lot of, you know, a lot of it's around, hey, patch your exchange server so they can't use proxy log, log on a proxy shell we got access to it. And that'd be great. Uh, you know, also, like checking, uh, you know, whether your own domain has been flagged uh, for sending spam, right? So you can you can check for that. Check again if you check for your own domain for typo squatting. Now, Sophos, you know, they're this is an instant response team, so their level of visibility and what they have and what they have to cover is going to differ from client to client. But for customers of domain tools or folks that are doing like high volume enrichment of domains you know, looking at young domains, newly observed domains, domains that, you know, are triggering for high risk scores from ML classifiers, or, you know, again, if you haven't seen it before, and it's pretty recently registered, that's, that's, you know, a big red flag. Excellent. Well, Taylor, thanks for your analysis here. And I think we are ready for our hoodie rating, which is um, a play on the classic hacker wear. And how many defenders essentially it takes to solve a problem. So the, the higher the number, the the worse off you are. And we like to look at that on from a zero to 10 scale. So given what you just heard from Taylor or Tyler, I should say, Tim, what would you rate this at? Well, yeah, I'm trying to think of a another name think, joke to make. But, uh, you know, I, it's hard for me to know on this one. I think because I think there's a bigger... There's a bigger question here of this, the ability of um, adversaries to get inside existing email threads, because there's all kinds of opportunities to do malicious things, whether or not they involve squirrel waffle malware. And so uh, I think that's kind of its own thing. Um, I do think, you know, uh, Taylor, you hit it on the head with talking about the person, I, and I always come back to this, the person who's distracted or just moving fast, replying on that thread, like, whomst among us has the time to uh, scan every email address on every email thread that we have to make sure one of them didn't get hijacked uh, with a slightly altered domain name, right? I mean, it's just, you're not going to do that. Right. So, um, so <laughs> it does bring it down to detection of recently registered domains and that's has to happen on some sort of a automated basis um which is 
very feasible, but you know, it's something that not every shop is doing. And so uh, I think, I think it sort of, there's an embedded um, concept that's a bigger concept here where just the awareness of what's going on, your awareness has to become even more finely tuned than it already did have to be. Um, and that is, uh, that carries a lot of risk. So this immediate thing, I, I'm going to say probably a five. It's we're not hearing about it being super widespread, but on the other hand, it's it's hard to catch on to. So that puts it sort of in the middle for me. Well said, Tim and Tyler, Taylor, um, Trey, Teddy. Um, what was that? Teddy. I've gotten Teddy, Teddy before. Oh, Teddy. So Teddy, <laughs> what would you rate this at? Yeah, yeah, from a just like, hey, is this uh, the end of the world for defenders? No, it's just another add, add it to the list of like stuff that folks have to deal with. It is it's it's clever. I'll say that, you know, they discovered this like post remediation of the exchange server. So like, hey, that they had in all, uh, you know, they booted this adversary off of the network. Uh, but this thread was still kind of running wild. And so uh, it's one of those things where, oh, man, it's like, hey, it, it just kind of popped right back up around again. Um, not necessarily to distribute malware or anything, but certainly to try and siphon money from an organization, um, you know, to uh, it, it, is it too much of a shameless product plug to talk about uh, Iris Detect and, and, you know, picking up these phishing domains in real time and then scoring them within, a, you know, a handful of minutes to try and get kind of accurate risk scores for domains out of domain tools, because that's what we've started doing here in the past couple of weeks. Uh, from a hoodie perspective, you know, let's call it four and a half hoodies. Uh, you know, it's just like, hey, another thing we got to check when we think that we booted everything off is to let's take a sweep at, at like maybe our inbound email center domain logs and then check for stuff that, that ought not to be there. Thank you, Taylor. And that's what Taylor is mentioning as um, domain tools brings you breaking badness. Um, <laughs> but that's actually why we had to take a week off from the podcast because we had that very exciting news to share with you all about the release of Iris Detect. So that's what brings us back here together today to also discuss our second article, which is CSRB ahead of the game. So the U.S. Department of Homeland Security has named a 15-member review board to assess significant cybersecurity events and recommend improvements. So, Tim, what can you tell us about this cyber safety review board? Yeah, so this was a pretty interesting story. Um, this board, which was appointed by Jen Easterly, head of CISA, we're huge fans. So, you know, everything she does is probably going to be some version of awesome. And uh, this is no different. Um, and this board is a little bit analogous to the NTSB for transportation, right? National Transportation Safety Board whose initials you always think of after a plane crash, um, although they investigate all kinds of things uh, like train crashes, and train crashes and car crashes, planes, trains, and automobiles, and who knows what else. Um, but so just like the NTSB, the work of this board is not really just responding to some spectacular individual event. Um, and it's more around um, looking at the the systemic or underlying things that led to that event and what can be done about them. Um, this, uh, this came out of Biden's executive order from last spring uh, on enhancing the nation's cybersecurity. And so uh, this is one of the um, several sort of concrete steps that have come out of that EO. 
Very nice. And and what are the particular goals, and you just hinted at this, of the new review board? Yeah. So, uh, well, I'll take as an example sort of the one that seems to be their marquee first assignment, which is um, related to the log4j vulnerability and the log for shell compromise that's, you know, still causing all kinds of problems out there in the world. So they're going to come up with specific recommendations, um, identify lessons learned, and so on for helping protect against that vulnerability and the uh, the exploits of it. Um, and so that's a great place to start. It's very current. It's very relevant. Uh, it's very widespread. And so... And that gives you a really good example of the kinds of things they're going to be doing on an ongoing basis where there are categories or classes of vulnerabilities, categories or classes of exploits, um, and where there are commonalities and and lessons uh, learned from them that can be applied to strengthen everybody's security posture. So I think they aim to, um, to... identify some more specific best practices than just, you know, patch your stuff and, uh, you know, have good firewall rules. Um, It's going to be more specific in the recommendations, just like, uh, you know, the NTSB uh, isn't just going to say drive safely or fly plane safely. They're going to get very specific about, well, you know, you have to strengthen this component of the airframe because it failed um, on these two accidents. And so they will have specific recommendations based on what they observe in uh, in particular sort of families of events, you know. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty optimistic that that there's going to be some interesting things that come out of it. Excellent. Yeah, that'll be, it seems like this is one of a few steps that's been taken, and we'll get to that in a second. But I am very curious um, what the response has looked like from the infosecurity community about this review board? Well, happily in preparing for this podcast, uh, I interviewed every single member of the InfoSec security, uh, <laughs> in InfoSec community rather, um, to Incredible. prep for this. So it, was, it took a little while, but I got it all done. Um, now, from what <laughs> I've seen, it's been a really positive um, reaction and no surprise. When you look at the composition of this board, they are luminaries. I mean, these are the rock stars in this community. And so... I think I think it's no surprise that folks have reacted pretty positively. I did notice something which uh, Rob Lee from Dragos commented on. There isn't any representation specific to industrial security or OT security. That also was something I know I, I halfway expected Rob's name himself to be on the list, um, and that does seem like an omission to me, especially because we're hearing uh, more than we've heard in the past about critical infrastructure attacks and critical infrastructure hardening. It's not that so much has necessarily changed dramatically in the just the last few months, but our awareness, probably driven mostly by Colonial Pipeline, um, went up. And so I do wonder if there will be an additional appointee to represent that sector on this board. But regardless, uh, overall, the, um, the reaction has been really positive. Next week on Breaking Badness, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security has named a 16-member review board to assess significance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point. I'll be curious to see if that shifts um, with the easterly winds of Jen. Um, But 
going back to what you were mentioning, Tim, about the executive order that came out last spring, it sounds like there have been a number of steps taken to improve response to cyber incidents. What are some other policies and processes put in place that um, are deserving of a call out? Yeah, so this is worth um, worth mentioning. So this executive order was one four zero two eight, I believe, uh, and it's it is called improving the nation's cybersecurity from May twelfth of twenty twenty one. And there were a couple of specific things. The one that always sticks in my mind was that they um, are going to require for federal contracts the establishment of a software bill of materials, and that's aimed at helping thwart supply chain attacks. And uh, But there are other specific recommendations having to do with things like implementing zero trust architectures, whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> I jest, but uh, <laughs> we could do a whole a whole uh, episode on just people's um, interpretations and reactions to the whole zero trust thing. Anyway. I wouldn't trust it. <laughs> not at all. Um, so that's, those are a couple of examples. Um, and the, you know, one of the, one of the big picture things here is the increasing reliance on public private partnership to improve everybody's security. And I'm really, really psyched to see that. And this is, this is a, the embodiment of that. This board is made up of both um, members from the federal government as well as folks from the private sector. So, uh, and that kind of cooperation has been uh, another one of the areas that the EO went into, if I am remembered correctly, it has to do with information sharing and cooperation, public and private, and uh, trying to enhance that. And so I think, I think we're going to see some good things come out of this. Um, it certainly is well-intentioned and well thought out. And uh, the final question I really have for you leading into the hoodie rating um, is what, what is the expected impact of this board? And are we seeing in your mind the the government take a step in the right direction given these, uh, basically these actions as of late? Yeah, for sure it's a step in the right direction. I think the question that will be answered in the course of time is how big that step is. But um, it it's definitely uh, a good step forward. And I think um, when you've got that much brain power sitting around that table and the dedication to this mission that they have, and I, I know this about, you know, I, I'm familiar with a lot of the folks uh, in that group, and there's no question about their commitment to making the internet a safer place. So they're going to get stuff done. Uh, that is not a group that's going to be sitting around the table sharing memes and, uh, you know, talking about whatever sport they like to watch. Uh, they're going to get stuff done. And um, it'll be pretty interesting to see what they focus on. You know, I'm, I'm curious about things like, okay, they're Log4j is their first assignment. Like, how long is that going to take? And when do they get on to the next one and so forth? What's the rhythm and the cadence going to look like coming out of them? Uh, but absolutely a good step in the right direction and um, looking forward to following it. Yes, indeed. Yeah, that's sort of the accountability portion and to some degree of like, what can we expect and what does success look like for this team um, in a concrete fashion, fashion would be really helpful to see. Um, well, the the shadow of our 
hoodie ratings, as you can imagine, are, are goodie ratings. And you can imagine warm cookies or warm tiny waffles for the squirrels with a tiny lime on top. Um, so that's that's there is a, a good a goodie scale in that sense. So Taylor, given what you just heard from Tim and what you've read, what does your rating look like for this? You know, it, it's 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 good, right? I think getting more attention out of this will be helpful. <laughs> like when you said, like, "Hey, it's going to be like the NTSB." You know, they investigate all these different crashes and stuff. On the other side of that is, I don't think that there are like dedicated groups of individuals that are trying to crash planes <laughs> all the time. So it's like a little like they'll, they'll be maybe uh, they'll have a little more to do on the other, like not just like, "Hey, what can we do to get better at?" you know defending but also like hey how do we shift off the back foot and and you know partner with law enforcement partner with uh different spots to help you know remediate the adversary side of this too and so that'll be interesting um definitely you know it's a really great group of folks that they've got like that's that's pretty rad to to bring those those folks together uh i guess my my worry is that like you know, we're just always going to be behind, right? Like we're always going to be reacting. And, you know, that's that's tricky for a government agency because they are not the fastest at moving, um, you know, even in the best of times. So it'll be interesting to see how, like, how broad how broad of an impact they can have. Uh, but on the goodie rating, look, like seven or eight, eight, good. It's great. I mean, like the the idea that this stuff is finally getting the attention that it needs is uh, is really great. So what, what would that exact number b taylor i'm gonna pen you to uh, this <laughs> uh, yeah let's call it seven. let's call it oh man i'm gonna go down six goodies i you know it's just like hey you know what what will have a bigger impact on security postures in 2022 is it the you know the, this board or will it be insurance companies refusing payouts <laughs> on things that could have been remediated <laughs> oh yes <laughs> well, Tim, what what are your thoughts? Would you agree with Taylor there? Yeah, I think um, I think this is definitely pretty high on the goody scale. I mean, let's give them let's give them a lot of credit right out of the gate, and then see what happens. I think they will uh, the the private side of that public private partnership will have no patience for this going at a super glacial pace. So I think we'll see a faster. Um, a faster cadence than we see out of a lot of uh, government entities, and I hope so. And absolutely true about the um, you got to look at the adversary side as well as the defender side uh, with all the recommendations that they're going to make. I will say that since you're asking for precise numbers, put me down for seven point three eight six two repeating uh, goodies on this one. See now, that's a good number I can get behind. <laughs> Oh boy. Well, thank you, Tim, for the discussion around this review board. And it is time for our game, Two Truths and a Lie. And the way this this particular game works that we play it at the end of every episode is rather than um, you know, playing the game as we did growing up to break the ice, which is such an awkward way to meet people, like let's just lie to each other and we shall bond. Um we we're gonna come up with um, or discuss three different titles for articles in the news, two of which are actually true and one of which is a blatant lie or not so blatant if we're doing our job right. So one of the hosts is up every week. This week, Tim is up to try to 
to lie to Taylor and I. And of course, there's a point system here. So um, we'll, we're, you know, we're keeping track of who's a better liar. <laughs> and with that, Tim, are you ready to lie to us? Oh, but of course. <laughs> it's true. I lie to you every single well, not every single week, but every single time. It seems like this comes up. I can't help it. All right, here we are. Three statements. Statement number one, ransomware actors don't even beat the spread infecting the 49ers before the Super Bowl. guess they weren't paying too much attention to who was in it. Statement number two, don't say we didn't warn you about a new Cassandra RCE flaw. Statement number three, obstinate city manager inadvertently wards off supply chain compromise by delaying upgrade. Hmm. I'm down to um, just a callback here to who wants to be a millionaire. I'm down to a 50-50. I would like to call a friend. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I know. I think I I have a pretty, I think it's. Can I go first? Is that okay? Yes. Oh, of course, Taylor. If I'll, you're I'll buy you some time, Kelsey. I'm pretty. I think. It, I think <laughs> the third one is the lie. I think uh, the, the third one. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to. I. I. I unfortunately. I. I know about the 49ers bit. I'm confident that is true. I'm back and forth between the second and third item. I'm going to help spread the board here and i'm gonna say the second statement was a lie well kelsey you should have gone with taylor no yes it's and it's it's uh yeah i had this whole backstory worked up in my mind about how this uh this city manager liked playing a flash-based game and so uh, would not allow the (laughs) it department to make an upgrade uh, that would, you know, because Flash is deprecated now, um, but thereby inadvertently uh, uh, saving them against a supply chain compromise that was in that upgraded version. But um, anyway, I'll have to write a book about that instead or a short story. <laughs> I would like to see that. Will it be in Iambic Pin or Tim Tameter? Oh, there wow. you go. You know, actually, I think some um, some red team should invent iambic pentastameter. Oh, now we're talking. Well, there we are. I've lied to you again. <laughs> but you told us the truth twice as much. That's a really positive way to look at it. You know, <laughs> my glass is at least half full. It's not running over. <laughs> What's the old joke is um, an optimist says the glass is half full, the pessimist says half empty, and the engineer says twice as big as it needs to be. <laughs> and uh, the salesperson <laughs> says, would you like some ice? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for joining us this week. We we recorded this uh, because we're observing President's Day as a company here on Monday. We're recording a little bit early, so... Um, when we tend to do this, I feel like big things happen. So if there's things that are missing from our conversation, just a little context for you. Um, but we will be back next week for our 112th episode of Breaking Badness. You mean like if there's a war with one of the superpowers? 
That wouldn't happen like that. though, right? Nothing no. nothing's building up there. Everything seems pretty calm on that front. <laughs> oh good. I feel better. All right. Well we'll see you next week. Everybody have a safe weekend. And remember, don't drink and click. Bye everyone. Thanks, y'all. Goodbye now. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.